Welcome to the Sense of Soul podcast. We are your hosts, Shannon and Mandy. Grab your coffee, open your mind, heart, and soul. It's time to awaken. Thank you for joining us. Valentine's Day inspired us to talk about love and relationships on today's episode. And I have to say that it, this went a totally crazy direction than it I did. thought it was going to go. Shanna has been very open lately and been getting some serious like downloads of information and has been guided into some really deep, cool stuff like the, yes, the angels and aliens. It. And then it's just been <laughs> elevating and it's like not stopping. Yeah. You do like, let's do an episode on love. And like, yeah. I just went like left field. Yeah. And you know what? <laughs> Part of me was like, oh, I'm kind of jealous, but guess what? But I know why lately I've been a little off because I've got so much going on um, with my move. Yeah, and... but do you remember like a few months ago <gasps> yes, when it was you were, me. it was you. Yeah, it was so I was kind of jealous. Do you get jealous a little bit? Are you like, ooh, I want to start getting some downloads and good stuff. I was, but then you know what? I had to like humble myself and realize it's because I haven't been grounding myself enough. You've been busy. I've been just crazy busy. Yeah, Mandy's getting ready to sell her house and move into a new place. And yeah. I mean, you're busy too, but I just, I not have, like that. I need to practice what I preach and ground myself and do a little bit more meditating. But yes, Shanna has been getting some awesome stuff for y'all. We don't even know where we're really going to go with all this. So we hope that you'll be able to follow and learn something new about love. Yeah. So I'll have to admit, I've always been a very big, hopeless romantic. Like you big time. You yes. Have I have love songs playing in my head. Journey, Chicago. Yes. I do. Were you that little girl who dreamt about like what your wedding would be like and your dress and your oh, heels yeah. and oh, your yeah. flowers? I, I was a princess, going to marry a prince. Oh, yes. I've always loved the love <laughs> stories. Gone with the Wind. But I just... Oh, I read like, The Notebook. It was one of the only books I ever read. You read that? Oh my God, that's one of my favorite books. Yeah. I, I read that when yeah. I was pregnant with uh, Trina and I cried and cried and oh. cried. I've always loved Audrey Hepburn. Oh, Breakfast at Tiffany's. Oh my God. Yeah. One of my most favorite movies. But at the beginning of most relationships, let's be honest, we put out our best self. And that's not always our most authentic self. No, because we're still trying to impress. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, you're making sure, you know, you always look good. You're hiding all of your insecurities, your fears, your being very positive, you know, know, you're trying to hide the things that you really don't like about yourself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You don't want them to know. I mean, they're not going to want to hang out with you. Yeah, they're going to run like freaking crazy. Yeah, you're going to make sure your breath (laughs) smells nice and fresh. When really, (laughs) I brush my teeth like after six cups of coffee. No, now you do. Yeah, but now I mean, I do. at the beginning of a relationship, I, I mean, you're putting yes. out your best. Yes, that's true. You know, you're not burping or farting or, <laughs> you know, you're dolled up. Do you know my parents have been married for 50 plus years and have never farted in front yeah, of each other? Yeah, I was going to say me neither. I, I don't fart. That's like a <laughs> like a funny joke in like our house that is strange that I don't burp or fart. Uh, well, I'm not the same. Kurt thinks, it's, <laughs> Kurt thinks it's sexy that I can fart on command. Oh boy, you guys are special. But you know, I mean, you're on your best behavior and also the sex is super great. Yes. Right? Yep. And you're risky. You're being creative. Yep. You know, everything is just new and fresh and fun. Mm-hmm. What happens? Just time goes by. Right. You know, it's funny because I picture this scene. Okay. All right. Follow me. The honeymoon phase is over. This big storage truck comes right in front of the house. These movers start to bring in all these boxes, right? Your husband's looking like, what the 
fuck is going on? Oh, right. And you're like, oh, oh, I'm sorry. This is just all my baggage. Yeah, this was you my boyfriend know about in high this? school. This was yeah. something that happened to this me is, in college. This is why I don't have self-love. This is why I'm insecure. Yeah. Yeah, and so one by one, all these boxes of all of your baggage throughout your life start to move in. And girls usually unload their baggage way before men. Men try to keep their baggage in the storage unit for a while. Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. <laughs> Ours yeah. is, like, stuffed in the unit. And men's, theirs is, like, categorized. Uh, compartmentalizing things. Compartmentalizing things. But, you know, so I totally can picture the scene. But, Me too. I mean, it's best probably to take care of that inventory prior to starting a relationship with somebody. Yeah. I mean, we all have baggage. I mean, mm-hmm. we all do. Being able to understand what you're carrying, making peace with it, giving compassion and love to yourself and forgiveness, and and learning how to release some of that prior to getting into a relationship is going to be the best thing. We marry young because that's what we've been conditioned to do. Oh my God. We're not even marrying young. My ancestors and some of them got married at 14, 15 years old. Oh my God, Kurt's grandma did. You haven't even fully gone through puberty yet. I know. Oh my God. Seriously. So if you think about it. You not only don't know yourself yet, you wouldn't even know probably tools to deal with your baggage yet. No. I mean, not long ago, man, you can imagine parents actually carried off their children. That's insane to me. And some of them at very young ages. It still happens in some cultures. Yeah. In America now, here today, you have to at least be 18 to mm-hmm. legally get married. And I see that there is a shift. Women are starting careers now and are becoming a little bit more solid before they decide to marry somebody. And I think that's great because their minds are more mature. I mean, can't even self-regulate. I know? mean, because you're still in those lower chakras. Mandy and I both got married and had children in our early 20s. Yeah. And it's been a struggle because we had to learn to find ourselves after the fact yeah. instead of finding ourselves first and then having that. And But that's just part of our journey. No regrets. No regrets. But I will say that I try to teach my daughters differently. Yeah. And my son. Right. Really try to learn to get to know yourself and love yourself first. Yeah. Learning to love yourself and heal and accept yourself for who you are is huge. Whether or not you're going into a relationship or not. Discover what you want in this life and who you are first. Well, and then a lot of um, stay-at-home moms or just moms in general, that's exactly what happens. So the man is the breadwinner. He's the one out there with the career. You're at home with the children. And, you know, like in my experience, I had just this sense of emptiness. Like I I was supposed to do more. And like I'm just like in Kurt's coattails of his career and his purpose and his life. Right. When I went through my awakening and started to really learn to love myself, I found that I wasn't as needy and it really, it changed the dynamic of my marriage because I was becoming more independent and I had all, and thank God he was supportive with my new purpose and my new goals. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it really changed a lot of things. A lot of times once you get into a relationship, you can easily lose yourself. Yeah. And I think most of us have taken the harder road. And why do you think most of us have taken the harder road? Because it's conditioned into us we are conditioned to be this way and this is actually shown in our chemicals in our brain what yeah (laughs) so the biology of falling in love is three stages lust attention and attachment and this includes these happy hormones serotonin dopamine and oxytocin 
And when you're attracted to another person, your brain releases these chemicals. They cause you to feel a surge of positive emotions. Now, what's interesting is that science has researched similarities between addiction and love. So falling in love, your brain is doing the same thing, releasing those same chemicals and induced feelings of pleasure and then attachment or dependence. Mm. So lust is the hormone-driven phase. It produces the sex hormone, testosterone, and estrogen. And this brings us to a place of desire. We want that. Studies show that people in this early stage have lower levels of serotonin, feelings of happiness and well-being. This could be because they have maybe some self-doubt, self-criticism, and this then activates cortisol into your bloodstream. Oh, interesting. Right, which is associated with stress. Stress. This is also similar to people who have OCD, which explains why we act out of character when we fall for someone. We're just stupid, right? (laughs) Not me. Uh, Well, shoot. (laughs) People with lower levels of serotonin, when they fall in love, they often get into a sexual relationship very quickly. So the thought process, like your judgment, things are happening in your brain that aren't consciously thought out. Facts. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and I found this to be totally amazing. Do you know that when you look deeply into someone's eyes, you can actually make them fall in love with you. The chemicals that is going on in your brain, you produce a chemical called phenylthylamine, which is associated with the fight or flight response. So you can just be walking by, gazing at somebody and catch their eye and they're, they're just, they're hooked. It's like if you're walking and you don't mean to look at someone and they just instantly glaze into your eyeballs and you feel like they just read your soul. Right. Yeah. It's almost uncomfortable. Yeah. And science also says that when two lovers are gazing into each other's eyes, that their hearts actually synchronize and now you're falling in love. This now causes your brain to produce dopamine. And this is the feel-good neurotransmitters. We hear a lot about dopamine. You know, we talked in our last episode about dopamine. And the more your brain experiences it, the more it wants it. Yes. Yes. So dopamine also plays a role in movement, motivation, mental focus, even psychosis. Mm. And it reduces pain. But it is best known for its role in addiction and in romance. Dopamine floods the brain with euphoria and desire. This could also lead to dependency and addiction. Hmm. So even though dopamine is so good (laughs) and we want it so bad. We get addicted to the dopamine? We get addicted to it, yeah. We want, we want more of it. We want, we want to feel good, which is a natural thing. People want to feel good. But falling in love produces several euphoric chemicals that stimulate 12 different areas in your brain. And all at the same time, it's huge. Wow, your brain's like on fire. It's on love. (laughs) (laughs) It produces physical and psychological results. I mean, such a strong primal thing for us, you know, that this is something that naturally occurs in our brain. You start to desire more connection now. Hugging, snuggling, having sex. We're feeling so good with somebody and then naturally this primal thing happens inside of us that we just want to procreate. Childbirth, 
It releases the love hormone called oxytocin. We went to touch. We'd be like jackrabbits. <laughs> oxytocin occurs naturally in the body. It is produced by the hypothalamus gland. It affects many regions of the brain, and it's called many things. So I called it the love hormone, but it's also called the bonding hormone, mm. the hug hormone. The cuddle hormone. I even had a friend who is an AA called it the stupid hormone <laughs> <laughs> because too much of it can leave you very codependent, can also lead you to addiction and dependency. I was very intrigued by what I had discovered about oxytocin, so I did a little research on it. They say that it promotes empathy, trust, social bonding, and altruism. But altruism is a belief that the well-being of others is equally, if not more important, than the well-being and survival of the self. Further, altruism involves selfless acts or undertakings that put the welfare of others before your own. Just like you said in the last episode with that oxygen mask. You don't put it on yourself first, then you'll run out of oxygen before you put it on them. So I start looking more into this. I found that people who lacked empathy, people who are on the spectrum of autism, people who are narcissistic, people who have mental disorders, yeah, like bipolar, I saw that one. People are, who are missing that connection, right? Yeah. They are lacking oxytocin. And there's like a light bulb that came over me and said, well then, people with too high of oxytocin, are they the empath? This oxytocin releases at childbirth and during breastfeeding. Is this why mothers have like such great, strong intuition and also have like that mama bear protective instinct? I mean, it makes so much sense because they do say that don't women have more oxytocin than men? Yeah. This is where I start thinking oxytocin is this intuition, is this spiritual? Mm. I mean, empaths, oxytocin, you know, all this. I just, I see that there is a connection there. Duke University had done a study in 2016 And what they found was that there was a connection between oxytocin and spirituality. This study was called the biology of awe. So in this study, participants who received oxytocin were more inclined to view themselves as interconnected with other people and living things, giving higher ratings to statements such as all life is interconnected and there's a higher plane of consciousness or spirituality that binds all people. Subjects also participated in a guided meditation. Those who received oxytocin reported experiencing more positive emotions during meditation. Oxytocin did not affect all participants equally though. It was stronger among the people with a particular variant of the gene CD38, a gene that regulates the release of oxytocin from the hypothalamic neurons in the brain. I wonder if those people are the ones who are empaths. Hmm. Van Kaplan at Duke University said spirituality and meditation have each been linked to health and well-being in previous researches. We're interested in understanding the biological factors that may enhance those spiritual experiences. And it appears that oxytocin is a part of the way that our bodies support spiritual beliefs. Wow. It makes sense. If you're more connected to God and to the source, you're going to have more love. It increase oxytocin, and then you're more connected. Yeah. And if you don't have this oxytocin, then you're going to find yourself very disconnected. People that have really, really high levels of it were, would be in, put into a place of mania. Oh, yeah. I could see that. And this can lead to attachment, too, or dependency. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So just think about what happens when you break up. You had this high oxytocin, this high dopamine, and then now, boom, your heart breaks. So do you have withdrawals just like you would with a drug? Oh, absolutely. During a breakup, our brains then lose this supply of these neurotransmitters that has been getting us high on love. And now we go into like a neurological withdrawal. Wow. The deficiency in the chemicals can make you feel depressed, isolated, anxious. And what happens is, is then you start releasing cortisol, the stress hormone, and you release adrenaline. You're going to start feeling pain, nausea, difficulty breathing, weakening of your heart muscles. You know, that could be fatal. Holy crap. That makes so much sense because I can just go back into a place where I was, my heart was really broken. Mm-hmm. And you think when you're in it that it's just your feelings, but it, there's chemicals that are mm-hmm. actually causing those feelings and your, those withdrawal symptoms. You hear that, you know, someone could be married for 70 years and yeah. then one dies and then the other one dies of heartbreak. I mean, I physically felt pain just like you described. I felt like my joints hurt. I felt nauseous. I couldn't eat. I felt shaky, I felt irritable, I felt a lot of the same symptoms as when I withdraw from alcohol. Okay, exactly. So when your brain becomes in that state, you become desperate to replace those chemicals with something Mm -hmm. by any means. And science has proved that brain activity is the same as an addict going through withdrawals. A lot of times we do cross addiction and try to fill it with something else negative. Like, I'm going to quit drinking, but I'll do cocaine. I'm going to give up alcohol, but I'm going to fill it with shopping. Yeah. We need to find a healthy way Mm -hmm. to keep up the supply of the feel-good neurotransmitters for us to return back to balance. And this is increasing the hormones, dopamine, serotonin, and the oxytocin. In the book, I Heart Me, The Science of self-love. This scientist and author, David Hamilton, his research into the brain chemistry, he discovered that self-love was as much about biology as it was psychology. And that self-worth is actually in our genes, but it's been trained out of us. It's just like I always say how my ancestral healing really helped me understand who I am because that is in my DNA. So this author also says that there's this biological drive to seek connection with others and that it often leads us to try to be someone else to win love and approval. But the author says that the brain can be reprogrammed. So it all goes back to like self-love. It always does. It always does. And self-awareness. I know. Isn't that crazy? So what are some positive ways that we can induce our oxytocin? So I found actually a ton and I was shocked. Just simply saying, I love you. And when you say it, don't just say it because we all just have learned to, you know, throw it out there. Like as we're walking out the door, sit with it, connect with it, and then say it. Shanna, I love you. I love you. Feel it. Yeah. And it's just as important to stop and pause and accept it from the person saying it to you. Because that's going to help you also release oxytocin. Mm Mm-hmm. So saying those words have meaning, so connect with it. Look them in the eyes. Everyone should be happy about this out there. Chocolate. Oh, yes. Why do you think they sell chocolate on Valentine's Day? Someone knew about the oxytocin. Oh, my God. I need chocolate sometimes so bad. You know, I especially need it around my period, so there must be a connection with that. Right. Another one is uh, eight hugs a day. And, Shanna, I know you're not a hugger. (laughs) Yeah, I'm that cactus. I am a hugger. (laughs) Hugs help release it. Holding hands. 
So another one was sex. And I would say mindful sex. Mindful sex helps release oxytocin. And I will tell you, it was really interesting. It said that men only release oxytocin if they orgasm with someone they love. Oh, wow. So it's not like that for women. Yeah. When women have sex, they release oxytocin. But for men, it's only when they love the person. There were these scientists that were like, you know, it's very primal for men not to be connected only with one woman, unfortunately. Whoa. So what they did was they took a group of men and they did nasal sprays of oxytocin uh-huh. and half of them and not in the other half. Okay. Well, when they did the oxytocin, they showed pictures of their wives uh-huh. and found that face recognition of their wives, their oxytocin levels even increased more. Okay, so that's And good. when they did it, then they showed them pictures of other women and yeah. it did not Oh, so that's good. Because so there's they, no connection. There's no connection. They oh my gosh, loved their wives. There you go. It's, and they said love is why these men are able to stay married and faithful because of their, it helps with their oxytocin levels. Yeah. And it shows that they don't release, like I said before, oxytocin unless they orgasm with someone they love. Wow. Makes me like men a little bit more. That's awesome. Yeah. I know. Isn't well, that amazing? And, and also, it's there's animals that are like that too that are faithful. Wolves, swans, gibbons, black vultures, termites. Why? What? Yeah, that's strange. But then, yeah, they find a mate for a lifetime. Other ways to reach that intimacy. You know, physical intimacy. There's aesthetic intimacy. Which is like when you meet a new friend and you have the same personal taste, like the same music and movies, and you like the same food. You just have a lot in common. There's recreational intimacy. So if you go out with someone and you do activities together, hot air ballooning, you could go on a hike. Hot air ballooning? <laughs> Shopping, I was thinking. Oh, Mandy of course said, you were. Yeah, Mandy was like, hot yeah. air ballooning? Well, you could go shop. You know what? Oh, you did I just go- say that shopping was recreational? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, uh, you right. could play tennis. You could go oh. hiking. There's intellectual intimacy sitting oh, yeah. down. Oh, Mind fucked. That, okay. <laughs> that is <laughs> That's Connor. Connor loves seeing yeah, and having, like, so... a very intelligent conversation, mm-hmm. you know? I felt so connected when I have deep conversations like yeah. that. There's spiritual intimacy where you share each other's, you know, ethics and morals and values and ideas around, you know, what makes you spiritually happy. There's emotional intimacy where you're not afraid to show your real emotions, your fears, things like that with someone that you trust that's judgment free. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, sexual intimacy. And then there's the one that we all would long for and that's really important. And that's the unconditional intimacy that you have when, you know, you get older and you've been with someone for a long time. Mm-hmm. So there's lots of ways to get that intimacy to release the oxytocin. Go get a massage. Yes. So any kind of touch. Exercise is one. Yoga. Mm-hmm. And of course, just like everything goes back to meditation. Meditating. So this yeah. past weekend, I did a meta meditation with a group of people. And a meta meditation is love and kindness. Meta helps you to have compassion and look deeply at ourselves and others and feel love for them. You can find them on iTunes. Working on people's energy centers, that love energy is just the most powerful energy that we have. On our website, mysenseofsoul.com, Shanna did a write-up about the heart chakra. And if we're going to talk about love, you have to talk about that. The heart chakra is a glowing color of green. It's the center of love, compassion, and peace. 
Located in the middle of the chest is the balance and bridge between the lower earthly chakras and the upper spiritual chakras. This is developed during age 21 and 28 and connecting physically to the lungs, the heart, and the thymus. So the heart chakra can cause loneliness, heartbreak, abandonment, regrets, bitterness, depression, if it's not balanced. And when it's overworking, it may even experience heaviness, excessive energy in the heart space, which can be called anxiety. Um, but the heart chakra, when it is balanced, causes respect, compassion, the ability to grieve, kindness, inner peace, self-love, self-worth, acceptance, forgiveness, and unconditional love and empathy and respect for not only people, but the earth and with animals and being connected to everything. I think that if you uh, do these meta meditations and you concentrate on this chakra, then your oxytocin will be released. And Shannon, mm -hmm, you've talked sure. about when you do massages and you, when you do energy work, that heat that mm -hmm. you're feeling yeah. around the heart chakra right. is probably you're feeling the love of yeah, yeah. the oxytocin being released. I know. That's a, definitely a possibility. It's amazing because even it's the warmth inside of your body that you feel, like when you're holding your baby and you yeah. love or... When you're having sex. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, they also talked about um, pets. If you want to release yes. oxytocin, hold your pet. If, whether it's your pet or someone else's pet, go to a shelter. Take right. your kids. Hot baths and hot wet saunas, hot tub, it helps relax you. And this is a big one. Me and Shannon were both shocked. Uh, social media. Yeah. Think about why we're always like attached to our phone. We love it. Yes, because we're getting dopamine drops from it. Oxytocin. And the social connection of like social media is actually causing oxytocin. Yeah. So you know what, people, if you think social media is all negative, it is not. It, it is, isn't. But too much. Then you'll go to the stage three. Yeah. Of, Which is attachment. Yeah. It's so important to have connections. So you think of people that get depressed and start to isolate, yeah. that is a very dangerous place to be. Yeah, because they're lacking oxytocin. It is, you're saying right now, it's actually proven that we need connection in order to survive. So if you were we on do. this earth alone, your immune system would go down. And do you know they even did the study with mice that had, they'd given all the little mice some oxytocin, but they didn't give it to one little mouse. And this little mouse just went in his corner and just isolated. I mean, but yeah, it, it can really affect you. We need social connection. It's part of our innate needs of being a human being. Yeah. We need connection. So for listeners out there, if you're a introvert or if you're an empath that feels like you need to just completely pull away from, from life or if you're in an awakening and you're feeling disconnected from people, we've really got to bring awareness to how much time we're spending isolating because if you're isolating and you're not connecting with people, then you're not going to have this dopamine and the oxytocin that Shanna's talking about and it'll put you into a darker place. I think that also what can help balance out third phase of attachment Mm -hmm. would be really having a, a solid understanding of impermanence. Mm -hmm. Everything changes. And as uncomfortable as it is, it's inevitable. Our physical body is constantly changing. And you can see this in what we just discussed in the chemicals of our brain. They're constantly going through major transitions, falling in and out of love. And emotions are not permanent either. If you can now be aware of these chemicals and see them as just temporary states of your mind. It's kind of like how I love the moon so much. 
you know, I love the full moon, but I can't hold on to that night. I know that this is only a phase. And I see that moon slimming down and it slips away into the darkness, but I know that it's going to come around again. And that is much like relationships as well. You, your relationship is going to change. It's going to transform. It's not always going to be the same because we change. We all have growing pains. And if we can understand impermanence, we can understand that these come and go. If you've never felt pain and sadness before, then you've never even loved. Connor was going off to college. I felt guilty that I wasn't attached to him mm. because I saw all these other moms like, I can't breathe, I can't move, I can't live without <laughs> right. him. And yeah. I was like not letting it even keep me up at night. Exactly. I was just like, yeah. go, right. go, I love you, I have fun, enjoy yeah. life, and I don't lose sleep and worry. If you are attached to material things mm -hmm. or if you are attached to people in your life to your loved ones if you're attached to your job mm -hmm. you know all these things can lead to suffering yeah. when they change because in and all of a sudden maybe you went going through a spiritual awakening i think my family thought i was absolutely fucking crazy at one point i probably seemed a little disconnected but i needed space yeah i had never asked for space in my family before mm -hmm. so everyone's looking at me like what the hell is wrong with you you're selfish yeah and that was like the first time in my life that I ever said no. I found the word no. I had found my voice for the first time. I mean, when this happens, it could be very hard for your family and friends and your loved ones. And this is also a time where you might want to find your tribe. Yeah, I was just going to say that. I was so spiritually connected at the beginning. I was so high on that oxytocin and that spiritual connection yeah. that I needed to find that I needed to be grounded. Mm -hmm. And that helped me come down to the rest of my family who wasn't awakened. Yeah. Well, and like our amazing therapist had shared with me, she had me like think of this visual of this staircase going up to the sky. And just because I'm a few steps ahead or higher, you know, that doesn't make me a better person. It's about grounding yourself and bringing yourself down to the level of other people. Yeah. Because otherwise yeah. life's going to be really hard. Yeah, I totally, I was there. And also, don't you feel like when you are going through a spiritual awakening, you have a different connection with love? with oxytocin yeah and you feel universal yes. love oh you totally. know here's the thing not everybody is loving on the same conscious level this is huge it is huge so remembering that you can't expect the same love you give other people back in return because maybe consciously they have not gotten there yet nope and so that's why it's so important to really check yourself if you are really loving unconditionally are you loving with expectations? Mm -hmm. Like, well, I love you this way. Mm -hmm. Why aren't you loving me that way? You must not love me enough. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, this goes for your parents. This goes for your spouses, your children. You know, what comes to mind is I envision when you have a child like a toddler, you always immediately without thought get down to their level and talk to mm. them softer, yeah. talk to them kinder with more compassion. You bring yourself down and you play like simple games with them. Yeah. Well, why don't we treat our right. spouses like that or teenage I children? Know. Like True. We have these expectations of how we think that we are supposed to be loved. Mm. We need to check those expectations. We need to really look at ourselves and see, are we judging other people's love? Are you saying, I'll love you as long as you, you're doing this for me? Or I'll, I'll love you as long as you're giving me this. Everybody loves and receives differently. Mm -hmm.
I mean, it's like the five love languages. We've talked about them briefly in the past, but they're small acts of kindness, quality time, touch, affirmations, and gifts. Really understanding your own and someone else's is is life-changing in relationships. And guess what? All those five love languages probably induce oxytocin. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. People love on the level of their consciousness. We can love without conditions, with acceptance. We all receive love and give love differently. Even though you are awake and your vibration may be high and you're feeling very connected to love and you understand now what unconditional love is, perhaps your loved ones don't. So if we have to be very present and be aware and with compassion that others may love differently than you do and receive it differently than you do. Well, one of my favorite quotes by Buddha is, true love is born from understanding. Well, I love the four elements of true love that they believe in. And the first one is love and kindness. And that is offering and being willing to give happiness. If you're not willing to help them be happy, it's not true love. You have to train yourself to give self-love and to love them. And if you don't, you both will suffer. The second one is compassion. It helps transform pain and suffering into love. If you can't transform for yourself, then you can't transform for another person. The third one is joy. If you bring them joy, then it's true love. If you make them cry and hurt all the time, then it is not true love. And then the fourth one is called being inclusive. That if they're suffering, then you're suffering. That their problem is your problem. That you have to have empathy and sit with them. I wanted to read this quote by... I believe it's Thich Nhat Hanh. This is a very important practice. Live your daily life in a way that you will never lose yourself. When you are carried away with worries, fears, cravings, anger, and desire, you run away from yourself and you lose yourself. The practice is always to go back to oneself. I was thinking about things I've learned throughout my marriage that I would share on a very raw level that helped me. And one was that... I pictured marriage being like these vows that I said and then happily ever after. Well, we all know that's not the case. I think number one, that people really need to set boundaries and sit down before they get married and when they do say the vows, make them their own and commit to them. We just get up there and say them and then we move on. Mm -hmm. I think you really need to sit down together and come up with like your foundation of your marriage and it's as cheesy as it sounds, like almost like a an outline and an agreement Mm -hmm. and you know really dedicating yourselves to each other in an authentic way Mm -hmm. and also remembering that you should check in with each other when you're married we just tend to like get caught up in life and go with the flow like check in and sit down kind of like a massage therapist Shanna you probably have to go back and sometimes re-register with Dora and do some higher education and keep up on what's going on and new techniques it's the same with your marriage sit down you know read books together do workbooks listen to podcasts do things that help you to increase your connection and grow together and grow together we've talked about it in the past communication sit down authentically and talk to each other and look each other in the eyes and create that common ground of openness and especially right now during mercury retrograde communication another thing people think therapy is means something's wrong in your marriage no therapy is awesome and if you find Mm -hmm. a marriage counselor or therapist shop around interview them and find one that's specific to your challenges or to your needs or to the direction you're wanting to go Mm -hmm. it's really important also to learn how men think versus women 
you know, look at their patterns in their family. I know Shanna and I, when we did our ancestral healing, I saw that there was a lot of patterns on Kurt's side where he was raised by military and military men tend to keep in their feelings and they don't know how to express them. And Kurt struggles with that too. Mm -hmm. So go back and look at each other's patterns and DNA, Mm -hmm. read books, take quizzes, find fun hobbies. Kurt and I have a date night bowl. Funny. Yeah. Put, I just thought you said you went, you go bowling. No. Like we have a date well, night bowling night. <laughs> <laughs> no, you have a bowl. That's awesome. Yes, we do. And started. I saw at Target yesterday, they have this frame. Yeah. And it, you, you put money in it. It says for date night. Oh, that's And great. to put aside yeah. money. It, again, understanding each other's five love languages, respecting each other's different thoughts and different ideas. The pain body. Understanding each other's pain body. Yeah. Understanding that sometimes when someone is latching out at you, that that's theirs, not yours. And being able to come to a place of compassion and love. Yes. Being present yeah. with compassion. And another one that John Gottman talks a lot about, he's an American psychological researcher and who did extensive work over four decades on divorce, addiction, and marital stability. He talks a lot about this one. Gratitude, a joy journal, writing down things about your spouse that you love and that you're grateful for and they're good attributes that they bring to the relationship because we tend to always look at the negative mm-hmm. and yeah. you know one we can't forget forgiveness you mm-hmm. have to come to a place of being able to forgive and unconditionally love someone yeah. you know john gottman has some amazing books he has um, many many of them what one is what makes love last what predicts divorce the science of trust eight dates marital interactions one of my favorites that i actually read when i was in college was the seven principles for making marriage work there's a video you can watch online and it's called the think and grow rich by napoleon hill he does a beautiful job of just breaking down these principles and i would highly suggest watching it it's just really really informative and if you don't have time to read the book they do a great job breaking these down I have some other fun stuff. Okay. These are hilarious. I'm just going to read some fun quotes on marriage. Hold your wife's hand in the mall because if you let go, she'll start shopping. It looks romantic, but it's actually economic. (laughs) (laughs) Hilarious. My dad would love that one. Um, This is a good one to write in someone's card when they're getting married. May all your ups and downs be under the sheets. (laughs) (laughs) Before you marry him, listen to him chew. If you can stand that noise for the rest of your life, oh go ahead God, with the wedding. So Trust me on this one. My mom used to hate the way my dad chewed. I, I hate the way Kurt chews. <laughs> oh, my oh God. My. Men have only two emotions, hungry and horny. If you see him without an erection, make him a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Never go to bed angry, which um, I totally agree with. Because I, you know, from my past experience, like almost died at four in the morning. So you never know. You can't make peace with the person. Make peace with yourself before you go to sleep. Oh, I love that. This one's hilarious. Every time, marriage is like a deck of cards. In the beginning, all you need is two hearts and a diamond. But by then, you wish you had a club and a spade. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Marriage tip for all you men out there. Your wife is less likely to argue with you if you're cleaning. It's time for break that shit down. regrets all your past relationships and all the hard times that you've had are all lessons just like shanna said in the past you didn't cause it you can't change it and you can't cure it 
-hmm. And don't be fooled to think that marriage are going to actually give you this oxytocin. This happens inside of you. They can't actually give you theirs. (laughs) So just know that, you know, true happiness comes from inside, inside of you. You can't go find love outside of you. I wish that I would have understood that because I think my whole life, all I did was search for it outside of me. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I found it within myself that I actually shifted to what life was all about. Mm-hmm. My journey, my purpose. Mm-hmm. It was all about self-love the whole time. Well, and, you know, we're conditioned that you're supposed to get married at a young age and then you're supposed to have children at a certain age. And so that's all we were ever thinking about when we're young is that wedding and that man. I felt like I always had a void, like I was trying to fill. Mm -hmm. So I was searching for that outside Outside of of me. me. And then when you found, even after you get married, after you have all these children and all this stuff, you have everything you want in Mm -hmm. the world. It's, there's still a void. Yeah. Because you never found it within first. Exactly. Make a conscious decision to shift. When you start feeling that primal genetic brain pattern is naturally happening, you can choose to be conscious to that and say, you know what? I need to let go a little bit or I need to loosen up a little bit. Take control. You don't have to fall into dependency. Be that higher consciousness, even just with the awareness. I mean, we can reprogram and rewire our brains. I think it's important to find a partner, though, who is someone who will support your journey. Yeah, and really remembering that it starts with you. Self-love is where it's at, it always is. You know, I was going to throw a challenge out there for people, too, um, over the weekend because I did a meditation, and it was on love for Valentine's Day. So I had thought about how on Valentine's we never give ourselves love. It's always about loving others. Yeah. Have you ever given yourself a Valentine's card? No, I can't say that I have. So I'm going to challenge you and a lot of other people to do that. For example, it can be short and sweet. I wrote myself one. Mandy, happy Valentine's Day. You're a great mother and a great wife, and I'm proud of you. You fight to see the light and lead with it as your guide. You're kind, giving, and funny as hell. You bring love, laughter to yourself. And I love you, Mandy. So, Aww. yeah, just challenge yourself. Say, give yourself oxytocin. I, yeah, I did. Self-love. And guess what? High-five me, Shanna. High-five. Good oh boy. podcast today. Oh, my gosh. Okay. High-fiving <laughs> also brings oxytocin to the brain. So I was telling one of my coworkers about the high-fiving thing, and yeah. I was like, but this sucks because you know what? I'm one of those people that always misses. <laughs> Oh my God, yeah. I had a friend who told me that she went on this date with this guy who was gorgeous and he seemed like he was so great on paper and he was, but they went to this really nice restaurant in downtown Denver and the whole time he kept high-fiving her at dinner and she was like, it got to the point where my arm was like tired. God, and so funny. She was like, I was so embarrassed. Oh my God. But crazy. he was probably full of love and oxytocin. Oh, yeah, he was. <laughs> also, great stones for love. There's uh, rose quartz. Rose quartz mm-hmm. is so good for self-love. It's also good for grief. has a very soothing, calm energy, stress-relieving. Mm-hmm. Um, also, the twin flame quartz is another one to help you connect with your twin flame or your soulmate, which leads us to our next episode. Next week, we're going to be talking about the soul family, the twin flames, the soulmates. Like, I can't wait. Thanks for being with us today. We hope you will come back next week. If you like what you hear, don't forget to rate, like, and subscribe. Thank you. We rise to lift you up. Thanks for listening.